What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. You can be unstoppable too. All you got to do is go get the book, Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. It comes out in March, and it's available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. The forward was written by none other than Grant Cardone himself, who explains the Rocket Fuel concept and how it's uh, impacted his life and business. So, guys, I want to first thank you for coming on the show and listening to every week. Thank you for the support. I, I, I just can't express how much it means to me to have you guys following me and, and all that. So, uh, today's guest, Eric Huberman, I found on Clubhouse. We connected on there. I loved his story when I heard him talk, and I just felt that I needed to bring him on to you guys and allow him to share. Uh, he is the founder and CEO of Hawk Media, the fastest growing marketing consultancy in the United States in LA, but he just was talking offline here about the fact that they have uh, something in Baltimore, Maryland, which is cool because I'm in Ocean City. Such a small world, but uh, as a serial entrepreneur, and marketing expert Eric is sought after is a sought after uh, thought leader in the world of digital marketing, entrepreneurship, sales, and business. Prior to Hawk Media, he founded and grew and sold two successful e-commerce companies. He's also the recipient of numerous awards. I'm going to just blow him up before we interview him. <laughs> Forbes 30 Under 30, 40 Under 40 for CSQ, uh, Inc. Magazine's Top 25 Marketing Influence. All right, that's enough, Eric. Let's go. Let's just bro- yeah, welcome you to the yeah. show. <laughs> you got to redo that thing. <laughs> So, hey, look, man, I, I'm just thankful to have you on and, uh, you know, for the opportunity to connect with you as well, because, you know, these connections on Clubhouse and then when I do podcasts with people develop fabulous relationships and who knows where we're going to be years from now. Yep. And uh, hopefully we're somewhere smoking a cigar together and, and talking about some kind of venture that we did. So uh, who knows? But uh, welcome to the show. We start the show every time, every guest with the question, what are you made of? What am I made of? Yeah, I'm a guy that doesn't get swayed easily. Like it's, I, I do what I want to do. I march to be to my own drum. I don't really give a fuck what other people think. I really don't. Like, I'm not someone that just says that. I'm like, oh, fuck other people. Fuck the haters. I'm like, I don't know why people talk about haters. I really don't care. Like, I want to do good in the world, but I also, <laughs> opinions don't really matter. And yeah, I, I've just noticed that I, I don't do things in an orthodox way. I like to do things my way and things that I find are logical. And it's really led me to a place that uh, I'm, proud and happy to be at. So where did that come from? Were you always stubborn? Is that's what it sounded like to me? You yeah, just I wouldn't say it's stubborn. Um, no, I mean, as a kid, I was like any other kid, like I cared what my friends thought, et cetera. But I, I don't know. I think it was in high school that I started developing. I had two close friends that were very confident. We went to, I, I grew up in a very alternative upbringing, like hippie school, first grade through high school. That was incredible. It's called Oak Grove in a small town called Ojai, California. And so my wife loves to laugh. She's like, you have the most charmed childhood ever. I basically went to summer camp for school. <laughs> and so it really gave me a lot of opportunity to just gain a lot of confidence because there was no bullying. I mean, there was light, but nothing compared to, re- I would say, the real world or the normal kind of schooling. And so even though I was a head shorter than everyone growing up because I was a year younger, I started early and never got held back. 
I just was able to be my own person. And so, yeah, just kind of accepted who I was by the time I was in the middle of high school. And from then on, you know, I had a lot of ambition. I still do. I love working, but I never, I was never that worried about other people's view. Like I've never been competitive, funny enough. Like people talk about entrepreneurship so competitive. I don't give a fuck what other people are doing unless they're standing in the way of my own improvement. So like I get competitive with competitors in my agency because I want to grow and beat myself from last year. And if they yeah. stop me because they steal a client, whatever, that pisses me off. Right. But I don't care if someone's doing better than me. I care if I'm doing better than I did last year. Yeah, I love that, man. And when I said stubborn, I believe stubborn's a good thing if it's on the right yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, I looked up the definition a few months ago and I just, uh, I fell in love with the definition, two words, perversely unyielding. And so I told my wife, we get, we get a bunch yeah. of shirts made because that we just keep our mindset right. And I had a shirt that said stubborn and it had the definition all spelled out, perversely unyielding, CC rock. So no, I love that, man. And you know, yeah. there's a thing called, I think it was Glenn Sanford, uh, the, the CEO of EXP or the founder of EXP Realty was saying the other day, him and Grant Cardone are, I don't know where he got this from, but he said, entrepreneurial crocodiles, when they latch onto something and they know it's the right thing that like they don't let go. Yep. And uh, that, that sounds like you as well. I'm like that. I love it. I mean, to me, it's like, you know, if you made a decision and you believed in something, you already had that decision once. That's, you got to commit. And that's where the success comes in. So yep. after growing up like that, where did you go to school? Uh, college, Arizona, U of A. Okay. Not last. Didn't learn much, but it was a good time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then how did you decide to get into what you're getting into you know, the media and all that now? Like, Yeah. It's funny. I made fun of uh, marketing majors in college. Like I was like, what the fuck's marketing? You draw pretty yeah, pictures. Like it's not, wasn't my thing. And, uh, and then I went into real estate exactly a week to the day before the banking industry collapsed in 2008. That was my first, I graduated in 2008. And so after a year of doing that, and actually it was about six months, but in that year I made $350. Six months in, I was like, this isn't going to work. I got to figure something else out. I ended up building my first online company. So I built three different e-commerce companies. First one was a music company. The second two were both fashion. And, uh, First one, I grew for two years, got it profitable, hired a CEO to take over. He ran it for another three before joining me to help me build Hawk and becoming my partner in COO. Wait, and, but, but before you get further, so when you started e-commerce, how did you know how to do that? There, was it all trial by error? Like what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I did build a couple of e-commerce sites when I was in middle school, like talking, you know, 1999. I went to build them out and it turns out you need a seller's permit to sell shit online. And a 12-year-old cannot apply for that. And when I asked my dad if he would get me one, he said, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) And so we never actually came around to that. But I had built some sites. So I had like a small amount of comfort in it. And I think where it came from was I, in college, when I was a junior, the year after my junior year, I so sophomore year, I sold kitchen knives, Cutco, door-to-door. I did. It It was so fun. I made a ton of money. So the next year, my buddy called me and said, I'm starting. He was older. He was like five years older. He's like, I'm starting this business to filter storm drains because it's now the law in California. Can you help be my co-founder and help me do this and be the sales and marketing guy? I was like, yeah, sure. So I jumped in, knew nothing about any of it, but in three months, signed our first contract, built, I did all our legal paperwork. I was 19 and 20 years old, like no idea what, the, what I was doing, no background in it. And sorry for the beep, but- No, uh, no worries. This is late. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so we- uh, so yeah, we, I ended up doing that. And so fast forward, when it came down to the e company, I had just learned that it's okay not to know, that no one knows. And I still feel that way. That, like I've worked with many, many billionaires. Everyone's figuring it out and always are and always will be. Like It's not like you ever get to the point where it's like, I have it all figured out. Like Tim Cook runs the biggest company in the world. He's still scrambling to try to figure out what do I do next? What's going to happen? Where's China going to go, et cetera? So you just- That's, you get- that's part of the journey. And it's part yeah. of the, your purpose on earth is to solve problems. You want problems. 
Well, and I think, yeah, and, and I think what's interesting about, like, when it said it's part of the journey that uh, connotes a destination, there is no end. And that's yeah. something that I really learned. Like, that's probably the biggest lessons I've had in entrepreneurship is that by running a business, you are opting into being the biggest problem solver in the company. That's your job. Anything that people can't solve themselves will come to you. Mm-hmm. And so your life, as long as you run that business, will be solving the biggest problems a business has. And if your business continues to grow, those problems get bigger and you just have to get more used to it and keep learning and keep sharp is part of it. Yeah. Well, when I say the end, I say it's when you're plucked from this planet. So yeah. that's my right. end. But then we have a spiritual planet. It's our spiritual probably, yeah. who knows, but yeah. uh, that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about journey, I'm talking about till I'm, go- till I'm going. Exactly. So. And, and that's totally fair. And yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there's people that build their company to sell in five years and that's part of the, and that's the journey. And then they want to go retire on a beach or something. With them, maybe that that is the end. That's why. I, but funny enough, you compare it with the end, you know, plucked from this earth. That's yeah. kind of one of the main reasons I don't want it to end is I feel like the moment you retire is the moment you start to counting the down to that end yep. versus just keep working until the wheels fall off. Yep. I'm always going to be doing something, man. I can't. I We go away now to like an all-inclusive resort, real nice place and this and that. And people hate waiting on you. And I, dude, I cannot sit still. I got to be doing yep. something like. Do they have Wi-Fi here? I got to do something. Come on. Yeah. My wife is, drives her nuts. Days. Yeah, I can do a few days and then I'm like, no, no, let's do something yeah. else. Yeah. So where are you right now though? You said you're skiing right offline. You're no, skiing? not right now. So we did, so this is just, you know, the turning this, uh, what do you call it? Turning a negative into a positive. We decided, well, hey, like our company went from being, you know, having offices in LA, New York, Boston, and Baltimore to now our people are in 24 plus different states. And I actually just found out. So I think it was probably 90% of our staff was in LA as of July of last year. And then now it's less than 50% are actually in Los Angeles. And it's so it's crazy how quick everyone spread out, which, but that, what that means to me, my, my business partner is now in Boise. The guy that runs my venture fund is in Denver. I don't have to be anywhere. Like, so I realized that. And so we rented a place in Utah for the month of February and skied every morning for an hour before working all day and night because there was nothing else to do. It's cold yeah. outside. Yeah. And now we're on our way back. So we're in Vegas. We're going to, after this podcast, we're going to be checking out, but we've been in Vegas for a couple of days on the way back to LA. Do you, do you go hard in Vegas? No, I, I honestly haven't been drinking since COVID hit. So yeah, I just good. decided to awesome. stay clean, but awesome. we ate our way through Vegas this yeah. time. We've yeah. only been here for like, we got here late night Saturday. So it's been two, you know, whatever, 36 hours, but we ate more than I've ate in a long time. And so now you got to go back and California's opened up a little bit, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, there, there's no indoor dining or gyms still and stuff like that. But honestly, like with the the lifestyle in LA, like I, some people miss it. I'm married. I've got a good house and everything that it's like for us personally, I feel for my friends that own restaurants and stuff like that. I owned one. It's gone since COVID, yeah. um, but, or I invested in one, but I, I do think that, you know, for my lifestyle, it's not been that big a deal. Right. And then how about for your business? Same thing. Cause there's business, oh, plenty business, of business. Was built for this. Our business skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on for like going on, like your, your big goals for the future for right now for your business. And what do you guys have planned? Like, what, what's your big yeah. thing? You know, your- well, so it was, it's interesting. Cause we became, we got featured in an article by business insiders, like one of the top acquisition targets of 2021. And like beginning of this year started with like tons of private equity firms and strategics making a run at buying us. And, you know, I'm not going to say never because who knows, but it became really real that it's like, I, I already can afford the things I need to afford personally. Fuck am I going to do if I sell this company? Like I don't have something else I want to do and I don't need the cash. And there's a reason they want to pay that cash because it's worth it because yeah. we're doing well. And because we have this, and I don't think it's going anywhere. I, 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 maybe I'm crazy, but I don't think e-commerce is going away anytime soon. And that's where we focus and that's where we built a powerhouse. in. so 
and digital marketing. And so um, in terms of the future, we just cl we're closing our fund right now. We've done 11 investments out of our venture fund. So that's skyrocketing. What, 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 are you, what are you investing in? Mostly marketing technology that then we can use for all our clients, which we have about 550 companies we manage marketing for actively. So when we invest in a software and roll it onto a few hundred clients, overnight, it's a successful piece of software. So we're able to yeah. choose our own investments. And then um, we also invest sometimes in unique consumer brands, things like that. And then we just, we're opportunistic as well. We get a lot of access to cool ideas because they come to us for marketing and we go, hey, why don't we write a check into this? So that's part of it. Um, the company will grow, we'll probably double this year. I mean, without doing anything right now, we'll grow 50% and it's just March 1st. So like we got some time to grow a lot this year and we've got some big M&A deals. We've bought five agencies at this point. We're ro ramping up that side of the business. So, you know, we've got a short-term goal to get it to uh, about 4X what we did last year in the next three years, mm -hmm. uh, which is ambitious but attainable, which is always what I like. And then once we hit there, it's the size of the business becomes significant. I mean, we'll be 800 people at that point. And so um, then I'm trying, you know, we're looking at international expansion probably later next year. So before there, because I realized part of this journey, I set a four-year goal when I started the company and didn't stop to set a new goal until we hit it. Right. And then you've got this gap of like, wait, what now? Yep, <laughs> so yep. Getting ahead of the next goal is super important. So yeah, I'm going to start working on international. We're working on expanding into Canada this year and then looking at London and Singapore probably later next year. Or already have someone in China as well. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. And so it's, it's digital marketing and SEO and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So basically what we do is we're, we call ourselves an outsourced CMO and marketing team to companies. So we go into brands, identify what they're missing in marketing. And then we have experts in all different verticals, whether it's Facebook, Google, SEO, SEM, web design, graphic design, email marketing, SMS, et cetera, and fractional CMOs. And everything's a la carte, everything's month to month. So super flexible way to build a really good marketing team. So our mission is accessibility to great marketing for everyone. And what I found was through building my other three e-commerce companies, it's impossible to find great marketers. It's so hard. And so building a service where we're going to be the ones that vet them and hire them and train them and keep them going so that you can at least bring up the baseline of failure in marketing. Like, are there going to be single operators that are incredible, like, guys that you can disguise or girls that you can discover and just you know crush it on a certain channel yeah sure always but with us you're taking the risk out of marketing we're not going to just yep. blow it like a lot of agencies do and i'd say 99 percent of agencies have no idea how to build a business so that's been where we've really succeeded and why we're the fastest growing in our space and uh and yeah it just it feels like we're just getting started like we we really are starting to dial in some sides of the business that it's like it's almost gone like we're right at that transition from like small, medium business to true medium-sized, predictable business that we can scale. Got a full exec team now. Our fund is you know, doing really well. And then we also launched a, an arm to give financing to our clients. So we can actually give debt or loans. So if they need help growing and they need working capital and not predatory, it's like six, 7% style loans. Like, yeah. Really that's just another value add too, right? Exactly. And that's yeah. the idea. The whole yeah. mission is accessibility, great marketing. And we found our clients would be trying to grow but between the working capital they need for product and marketing and da da da, they just be you know trying to catch up on cash all the time. So it's like, well, you you're making profit, you just don't have cash flow. So we're able to give those loans and like that, yeah, yeah. yeah so now it wasn't always easy. So when you first started it, give me one or two uh, 
you know, situations where you were like, oh shit, or felt like you were maybe not going to quit, but you were just like, man, am I going to make this or what? Was it ever, or was it just all rosy the whole way? No. Um, and it, I, well, let's put it, but if, if you, if you smooth it out, it was rosy all the way, but there are right, definitely right, right. periods where I was like, uh Oh, in a few that definitely stand out. One, the first month in business, I hired a guy that took over half my client's management was doing, he was, you know, a very seasoned guy, had a good pedigree and I brought him in and he sends me an email at 3am on a Monday morning and says, Hey Eric, long story short, I met a girl over the weekend, fell in love, asked her where she wanted to go. She said, Hawaii, we're here now. And took a picture of himself in front of the Waikiki Towers. Five people. Like it was like, you're managing half my revenue right now. What do you mean? So I was like, I try to call him, can't get a hold of him because it's Hawaii. It was like fucking, I I started the day at seven, let's say. So it was 4am. Finally around noon, LA time, he calls me and I'm like, I knew this guy was sensitive, so I couldn't like lay into him. So I was just yeah. like, hey man, just make sure to handle your stuff. Enjoy Hawaii. But like, we don't work remote here at that time. And I was like, yeah. and like, I need to know that I can rely on you. He's like, no, man, come on. I got it. It's all good. We're going to have fun, but I'll stay on top of my stuff. Okay, cool. Thank you. Hang up the phone. 24 hours go by. Tuesday, I get a call from all four of his clients, which again, half my revenue. What the fuck are we paying you for? Where is this guy? We can't get a hold of him. He said he was going to deliver this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Call him. Can't get a hold of him. Finally, like three hours later in the afternoon. I get a hold of him and he, I'm like, where, what the hell is going on? He's like, Hey, I'm going to stop you right there right now. It's the happiest day of my life. I'm getting married today. I need <laughs> to respect that. And he hangs up on me. And so I, you know, don't even know what to do. Like I can't I don't even know where he is in his work. And that's when the guy that I'd hired that ran my music company had come over to be like our client services guy and like client strategy guy, or, you know, I was the original outsource CMO. Then it was him basically to take that over so I could grow. And he goes, I got it. I'm going to go read up on email marketing so I can catch up these guys and at least I'll handle it for the next couple of weeks. So he goes home and studies all night. I get out, call my dad, who's an entrepreneur, been super helpful. He's not a good direct teacher to like guide me, but this will be the good example of why he is a good teacher. I call him. I tell him this whole story with a lot more detail because it's in the moment. And I'm stressed out. Yeah. Three minutes telling him this whole long story. And he goes, oh yeah, that shit happens all the time. I got to run. I'll talk to you later. Quick. <laughs> And I'm like, here is like, I think I'm about to lose my entire, because I just committed to a year lease. I just hired seven people or five people, whatever we were at that point and all this shit. And it was like, yeah, yeah, that, duh, that, that's going to happen. Good luck. Talk to you quick. Yeah. <laughs> so that, you know, so, I mean, that's, and thankfully that stuck. Like it wasn't him explaining to me that there's always a problem. He was just like in the moment, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I get it. So then every time we, we always have big problems, we have, you know, whatever, there's tons of different things, overspending, an executive that goes off the rails, an employee that sues us, you know, and lies to just to try to get a, you know, an ambulance chasing lawyer tries to get us for something like all that shit happens to most business owners. But you start to learn that like, when you expect it, when you know that that's just running a business, then when it comes in, you're like, yeah, okay, let's go handle it. It's the same thing with life, dude. It's the same thing with life. This is what the rocket fuel thing I, I talk about all the time. But while you're in that though, the closer in proximity you are to the adversity, the less light at the end of the tunnel, the more emotions, the more chaos. And you just, it's so crazy because we all go through it. If we just understand that it's going to happen when it does and start looking for those things. Exactly. Where are they? Let's go. Come on. I need some more of this. Well, and it changes everything. It changes everything. And it's also remembering that like as an entrepreneur, you chose this. Like you don't have to be, you can quit tomorrow. Go get a job. Most entrepreneurs I, I get the mindset of like, no, I couldn't work for anyone, but let's be real. Like you're talented enough to get a job. You could go apply somewhere. Mm-hmm. You could work at McDonald's tomorrow if you're an entrepreneur. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll hire you. So like, I'm not worried about making a living or making that ends meet. Like it's so when this stuff comes up, you're like, I chose this. And when you have that ownership of it, 
I think that's where it like it just becomes fun because one of the problems happen, you're like, yeah, well, yeah, this is part of it. Cool. Let's yep. figure it out and move on because I don't want to deal with this shit anyways. I'm gonna go do the stuff that's fun. Like get insurance, get a good executive team that you can help you with this stuff, and pretty soon you don't have to stress it. And the other thing is, this is why it's important to have abundance yes. and have like people say, well, dude, you don't you don't work enough. Like you you don't have enough. No, I don't have enough. What happens if I'm doing everything right? I'm ethical. And some asshole sues me, like you said, or some yeah. three yeah. people leave because of a cancer just got in and it happened like that. And, and, you know, you got to be able to survive it. So you well, cannot I, survive I, just getting by. And I, for your listeners, I want to highlight, I was sued by the same person nine times. Oh, they made up, they made up shit, nine different lawsuits. There's no recourse, by the way, in California. It's terrible. But like he literally made up nine different accusations and sued us nine separate times. And on the ninth time, our insurance was like, we're fucking settling. I'm not dealing with this for the next three years. So oh. three years and nine lawsuits, thankfully insured. So we paid the deductible and then it was like, whatever, let us know what you need. Right. Um, but I, I say that because you have to understand that like getting sued, it's probably going to happen. It's the problem with our society. It's a litigious society. And like, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. This guy literally fabricated lie after lie after lie to the point that the judge reprimanded him. And then he filed an ex- a complaint against the judge. Like it was insane. But this is what the world we're in is people snap and do crazy stuff. And so you just, again, have to know that that's just part of it. That like Dude, we dealt with the same thing when I had my first client that like was super angry and we did nothing wrong and was, you know, cussing me out and being awful to my team and telling us we did nothing and we're worthless. And we're like, what are you talking about? I just came to realize that like, Three percent of society are assholes, exactly. and if you're working with people, you're gonna work. If you come across enough people, you're gonna deal with a lot of assholes too, and that's okay as long as the majority are great. Like that, that's part of it. yeah. And you gotta you gotta always grind like you're broke, dude. You just gotta you gotta understand that because it could all go away like that too. You know, uh, there's and- another great piece of like secondary advice I got. So two friends of mine grew up with Ryan Seacrest. They're like all still close buddies, and they were telling me this is when I was 20. They were telling me that when Ryan went from the radio show to uh, he, he was on Atlanta radio show and then he got asked to do American Idol and he just started working, you know, 20 hours a day every day. And his line was, I don't know. This is amazing. And I don't know when it runs out. So I'm all in until it does. You know, let's be real. It ha- it's been, you know, 20 years of that for him now. It hasn't run out. Yep. yep. It's because he kept that mindset. Now, you know, he's sacrificed in a lot of other ways, but that guy has no problem in terms of work and probably never will. Yeah. Now, what, one last question here before we get to the rocket fuel question, and I'll let you go because I know you're checking out. Um, what, what's uh, what's the situation in California when you're working there? Like, you just got to suck it up and deal with the taxes because, like, I can't yeah, imagine that. Like, it's funny that it comes up now. What's the tax in in Maryland? Shit, I don't know, five percent, something like that. Okay, so we're know. paying eight percent more than you, which is something. Yeah, but be real, the well, property taxes too, though. But property taxes too, if you if you buy. Property tax and well, if because property is expensive, but property yeah. tax is actually cheaper in California. Oh, are they okay? Okay, and they're fixed; they don't reassess. Gotcha. gotcha. So once you buy, if you buy a place thirty years ago, you're still paying the same. Tax. Okay. Okay. So that's actually a not a loophole, but a really benefit, big benefit of California property, which is why it's so expensive. Because yeah, why would yeah. you sell? Right. Um, so the interesting thing about taxes, in my opinion, is so I'm paying eight percent more than you, let's say a year. Me personally, as a business owner, if you have a big capital gains event coming, like you're selling your company and it's a one-time hit, I get moving for taxes. But if it's an ongoing thing, the opportunity in California between San Francisco and LA and to earn, I would argue is 8% more than than Maryland. So um, don't get me wrong. It sucks. It's annoying. You pay taxes, but like, I think you can make up for it. And especially if you're an individual, the 
incremental salary most people get in California versus Maryland is a lot more than 8%. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, you're yeah. giving away a lot that difference, but it's still, it's this, I think it's one of those things. It's funny that it comes up so much now. I don't think the or California state tax has changed in over a decade. Not that I'm, I've paid attention to. So like, I maybe I missed it, but it hasn't well, changed during this period. I get that this allowed people to be more remote. So they're thinking about it more, but I, I love LA. And I've I actually heard this line recently, which I really agree with. I hate California, but I love LA. Right. Like California is a pain in the ass. I, Gavin Newsom really pissed me off with what he did here. Like there's a lot of stupid stuff happening in California. Living in LA is incredible. It's a beautiful place. I've never been to LA. I've been to California, but not LA. So I have to pop out and see. But I think a lot of my friends moved from uh, California to Florida yep. and didn't have any pro- uh, income tax. And they were just basically living for free at that point because they were using that savings right. to buy nice places. So Right. And if you can maintain your business and do the same thing, I get it. For me, yeah. the main reason I'm staying in LA, my, whole, my, my dad was born there. Like My whole family is there as well as my wife's. So it's like the taxes versus having family around. Like, yeah. That makes I'll sense. stick around, but yeah, but yeah, without them, I'd be looking pretty more openly. So, Eric, final question before I do that, though, how can my audience get in touch with you, engage with you? What's the best way? Yeah, add or slash Eric Huberman on any social channel. Pretty responsive. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. Yep. All right, that's good. All right, rocket fuel concept: turning all setbacks, anything that comes your way that slows you down or stops you, into rocket fuel for your future. In two to three sentences, what does that meant for you or mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we were just talking about, which is like expect that there's going to be shit and just move like. Don't even, it's not about turning it into fuel. It's getting it out of the fucking way. Focus on what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish and don't let anything shift you or, you know, sway you. Like that, that I think is the biggest thing. It's like when, again, when you expect it, when you know shit's going to happen, it's easy to move past and move past it. Don't like, I think a lot of people like say like, they're going to try to turn the haters into motivation. You're still focusing on the haters. I actually yeah. don't think that mindset works. Like focus yeah. on the shit that's positive. Focus on the stuff that's going to help you grow. Don't worry about anything else. Yeah. And you said move, move past it fast. So I, I have a yeah. saying thrust is a must. Yeah. So exactly. I always say thrust is a must. We got to go. Yeah. So. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Get back on the road there, back to LA. Uh, It was great talking to you. I look forward to connecting with you more in the future. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, man, just reach out. I'm always available. So to uh, help out my my guests for my show. So I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. You guys have been listening to the What Do You Made Up podcast with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Become unstoppable by getting the Rocket Fuel book, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. Keep coming back. Keep subscribing. Tell your friends and family. And until next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, Mike crock.com forward slash book that's mike crock.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy thank you so much for your support and your listenership it means the world to me